You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Well, we're going to continue on in our series rhythms this morning. And if you haven't been with us, I just want to catch you up really quick. We... We started this year off looking at some things that we can add to our life to not make us a better person or make us lose weight or anything like that, but to make us more like Jesus. So we, we saw in week one of the series that Jesus himself had rhythms when he, was, when he was here on earth. And we talked about some of the rhythms that he had. And then we started to dive into the core values here at Impact and how as an organization, as a church body, we, we live out these core values, but it, it really, really depends on the individual also living out those values. So we started with intimate worship, and we talked about what it meant to really live a lifestyle worshiping. And then last week, we talked about meaningful community and how we do life together and how important it is to, to really exist in community. And this week, we're going to talk about purposeful discipleship. and. Man, if, if you're following along, then next week we're going to talk about something that starts with the letter A, and then the week after that we're going to talk about something that starts with the letter C, and we're just going to keep going because, again, I'm, I'm not that smart, so it spells out impact, so I don't forget what our core values are. But, hey, here's the deal. We're not going to forget these because they're going to become rhythms in our life because it's really going to be something that we, we really believe in so much that we make it something that is just a part of our DNA, not just as a church, but as individuals. And as we live these things out, we see that, man, we're not becoming good. We're not becoming better people. We're becoming more like Jesus. And if the world wants to say we're good because of that, if the world wants to say we're becoming better people because of that, then okay. But then we get to tell them, no, it's because of Jesus, because of more of him. You think that I'm good. I'm still not but he is, and because I'm becoming more like him and I'm allowing him to work more and more through my life, then I can make a kingdom impact in this world, a world who is dying and hurting and lost and in need of a Savior. I mean, I I really can't think of a better testimony or witness for us than to go out and say, hey, let me tell you who I was, and now let me tell you who I am because of God. And as some of you think that your story doesn't matter. But I want you to know, and this is a whole this is a whole message on its own, but I want you to know this morning that your story does matter. That what God did in your life matters. That God snatching you from whatever hell you were living in, from death, snatching you out of that and bringing you into the fullness of life. Life eternal. It's worth telling that story. That story is worth sharing. And I think the more that we add these rhythms into our life, the the easier it is for us to share that story. So, man, I I don't really like to use churchy words here. We say that a lot because there's just a lot of people that that may not have heard these type of words before. So to, today is kind of one of those days, this, this rhythm that we're going to add to our life if it's not there is purposeful discipleship and maybe discipleship is just one of those words that you hear but you don't really know what it means 
right? And I want to break it down the way that I understand it. And again, it's going to be really simple, but disciple really just means follower. So if we're really if we're going to talk about discipleship, we really we need to know what a disciple is and a disciple is a follower. I want you to think about it this way. How many of you have ever went to med school? Man, that's great. Me neither. Right. So um, and when you go to med school, you get your degree and then you have to go to this this thing they call a residency. Right. Where you follow more experienced doctors and you kind of learn from them and you, you get some wisdom. That's really what a disciple is. It's, it's kind of a resident. They're, they're following after someone else. So if we're going to be a disciple of Jesus, it means that we're going to follow after him. But then the question is, what does that mean? And what does that look like? Because it's cool, right? We know the definition. We're going to follow. We're going to follow after Jesus. Yay. Great. And you know, but we want to know how we can do it. Because if you left here today and the only thing that you remember is that, hey, a disciple just means that I'm following. And there's really no feat to that. There's no practicality to that. Then what did we really do? Right. What are we doing in life? So I want to break this down to you as as simple as possible. Not because I think you're not smart enough to understand complex stuff because I'm not smart enough to understand complex stuff. And the, the more simple we can keep it, the easier it is for us to add this rhythm to our life. And I want you guys to just to speak back this morning. And we say this, I mean, I want, I want this to be a conversation. So, I, I mean, don't like speak bad stuff back, speak good stuff back. But man, I really want you to be engaged in this because to me, this is something that's so important. This is one of those rhythms that we just can't we can't say, yeah, I want to add the other ones, but I'm not going to add this one. Like, this is one that we have to get. We have to truly understand what it means to follow after Jesus. And Jesus calls his disciples, and we see it in multiple spots in Scripture, and he says, hey, leave that and follow me. And that's kind of, we understand that. They're literally following after Jesus. But, man, he's not. He's not here physically where we can see his face and we can see his body. So how can we follow after him? And that's something that I really want us to drill down on this morning. In Matthew 16, 24, Jesus says this. He says that we must deny ourselves, right, every day. We take up our cross, meaning, hey, we die to ourselves and we follow after him. That's what he calls us to do as Christ followers. That's why we. We say that here. We say Jesus followers, Christ followers. Because, man, a lot of churches say Christians, and I'm okay with that. That, that really just means little Christ. It means someone who, who has a relationship with him. We like to say Jesus follower, Christ follower here, because we want people who are following Jesus. Now, I may shake your theology a little bit here, but man, it's way more, way, 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 way more than coming down to an altar when you're a kid and saying a prayer. And I'm afraid that our churches over time have, have minimized the importance of beginning a relationship with Jesus as coming down to some uh, burnt fire red, if you grew up Southern Baptist, carpet, right? And, and, and praying a prayer. Now, I'm not saying that that's not genuine and it can't be real, because I think that it can but what I'm saying is salvation isn't just, just coming down front because you expect to, 
to make people happy. Or your parents really want you to go down front. Or you have some friends that have been pestering you and you're like, hey, if I go pray at that burnt red altar, right, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get saved and people will leave me alone. And there's nothing that happens after that. See, salvation is beginning a relationship with Jesus because of what he's done. And then we take steps of faith as we go. We become more like him by following him. But we have to do it on purpose. We have to be intentional about the discipleship. We're going to be in John chapter 15. We're just going to read a few verses this morning. And what I want us to do is, is I really want us to see just three characteristics of, of disciples and what, that, what it looks like. And how we can really examine ourselves to see if we're truly a disciple of Jesus or not. And that's my prayer for us this morning, is that before you leave this place, you can answer the question honestly, am I a disciple of Jesus? And if it's no, that you make the decision this morning to take that step and become a disciple. And if it is, then you, may, you take the next step of helping other people become disciples, because it's not just about adding disciples, right? It's about multiplying disciples. We want to see disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples so that the kingdom of God is impacted like never before. And we'll give God all the honor and the glory. John chapter 15, starting in verse 1. This is Jesus. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Let's pray. God, I pray that you speak this morning through your word. God, I pray that your spirit moves in this place. We give you all the honor, all the glory, all the praise, all the hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. So number one is this, this, disciples abide in Jesus. Disciples abide in Jesus. And you say, yeah, that's cool. What's that mean? So uh, just really quickly, the Greek word used here for abide is meno, and that means to remain, to stay, or to continue. So what this means is when you say that prayer, and, and you say, hey, God, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I believe that you've done everything necessary for my salvation, and I want to commit to follow you wherever you lead. When you make that decision and you begin to follow Jesus, being a disciple means that you abide in him by staying and remaining and continuing in him. Now, I want you to, to think of it like this. Let's, let's think of, Let's think of how a, a human is brought into this world. Now, we're not going to get too graphic because that would just be way too much. And I did not go to med school as we talked about earlier, right? So I don't really understand how everything works, but I know that there's a human being inside of another human being, right? Which is crazy to me. But God is an amazing God. He's creator God, and he, he made it happen like this. And if you're mad about having all that pain as a woman, you can blame Eve because it's her fault that y'all have so much pain during childbirth. But just think about this. 
for that little baby to survive, it must remain and stay and continue, right? It must abide in its mother's womb for a certain amount of time. Because it's being fed, it's being taken care of, all the different stuff that's happening in there, that's happening, right? And it has to happen for the baby to, to come out and be healthy and survive. There's just there's a certain amount of things that have to take place, right, for the baby to be okay. It's just scientifically, medically proven that there's certain things that have to happen within the womb for the baby to be okay. And if those things don't happen, the baby's not okay. And that's the same way it is for us as disciples, as we abide in Christ, we abide in Him, and we get the, the, the things that we need in life to be okay, to be healthy. And as soon as we're away from Him, if those things aren't taking place, then something's going wrong in our life. I don't know if you've ever been through situations or seasons in life where you just haven't abided, right? You haven't remained in Him. You haven't really thought about Him a whole lot. But those seasons of life usually go pretty bad. And for me, it's, man, it's a daily thing. For me, like I can tell that, man, today I just didn't spend a whole lot of time abiding. And I can tell because of the way that my day goes. And again, I, I know that we, we talk about that some, and it sounds really cliche, but it's the truth because God is a God of order. And as soon as we get out of the order, then things go wrong. And the way to stay in God's order is to abide in Him. Now, how do we do that, right? That's what we want to know. How can we abide in Him? Well, one of the ways is through intimate worship that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Is that we truly respond to everything that He is. One of the ways is meaningful community, which we talked about last week, is, is meeting together with other people. And getting to know each other as we're growing together in Christ. And how do we grow together in Christ? We open Scripture. We learn about Him through His Word. We pray. We talk to Him. We build relationships with other people to encourage us and for us to encourage them. We stay connected to God through worship, through community, through Scripture, through prayer. You're like, man, that sounds pretty simple. I can do that. But if we really think about it, how many of us are really living that out as a rhythm in our life? How many of us are really connected to the vine? See, disciples abide in Jesus. They stay in Him. They remain in Him. They continue in Him. Even when things get hard, they continue. And I'm afraid that a lot of times when life gets tough, we run away from God. I mean, and I don't mean to sound judgmental or condemn you because that's not what I'm doing. This is what I know about us as humans is that even if we're not intentionally running away from God, we just do because of the way that we respond to situations. It's not that we're saying, hey, God doesn't love us. And maybe this does happen, but for the most part, it's not that we're intentionally saying, I don't want to run to God. It's just our default action 
to run away from him. It's our default action to try to fix things on our own. It's our default action to, to just kind of to get in a spot of, of just solitary, right? And we just want to be by ourselves doing what we can do, trying to control what we can control. And by doing that, we run away from the one who can fix any problem and who is already working in the midst of the situation. We don't truly abide and remain in Him. I want you to think about how electricity works. And again, I'm not an electrician, so I'm not going to try to even explain it in a, in a big way, right? I'm going to be very simple again. But you have electricity that's flowing, and we're going to take a light bulb, right? So electricity flowing to a light bulb, and then the light bulb does what? It turns on, right? It lights up. If everything's working right, the electricity's flowing, you you make a connection with the switch, boom, electricity to the bulb, the light shines. That's what we expect to happen, right? In the same way, we have some form of electricity in Jesus, right? The spirit, the power of God is flowing through us. We can be the light bulb, but it's up to us to flip the switch. And once we do, we become the light, right? So I want you to think about it this way, that the power of God is is ready and it's active and it's flowing. It's your decision and it's my decision to flip the switch. And as long as we're abiding in Him, man, the switch is on and we shine. Maybe some of us are a little dimmer than others, but we're shining nonetheless. Because God's already called us as believers, lights of the world. He doesn't say, I hope you become the light of the world. Man, I hope you can get to a place where you, you finally live up to this. No, He says you are the light of the world. Because you have Him, then you shine because you are a disciple and a follower of Jesus. The first thing disciples do is they abide in Jesus. Number two is this, disciples bear fruit. If we skip down to verse 7 of John 15, it says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. But this, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Disciples bear fruit. Now, what that looks like is, it looks like the electricity flowing through you and then the light actually shining. So what's it look like in everyday life for us to really bear fruit? And for us to see that Galatians 5 tells us what the fruit of the Spirit is. Verse 22 and 23 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Listen, the fruit of the Spirit is given to you as a believer in Jesus. It's given to you, and it's not just one part. This is, this is together, right? This is the fruit of the Spirit. It's all encompassing. It's all one. 
And when you get this, it's up to you to flip the switch and allow this to, to bear out in your life. So when you think about these things, think about, does my life really show the fruit of the Spirit? Is there love? Is there joy? Is there peace? Is there kindness? Is there patience? Is there self-control? Are these things playing out in my life? Am I bearing fruit as a disciple of Jesus? And the only way we can bear fruit, again, is to abide, is to stay and remain in Him. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're giving the fruit of the Spirit. And once we're given the fruit of the Spirit, we begin to live that out in our life. So the electricity is flowing from Jesus. It's going to us, the light bulb, and then we're bearing out the light of Christ. That's how this works. And it's really easy for us to answer the question, am I a disciple of Jesus or not? Am I following him or not? I'm not asking you if you've made a decision to, to accept him, right? I'm not asking you if you're, if you're saved, if you have salvation. I'm asking you if when Jesus said, hey, follow me, if you truly made the decision to follow. Where are you in your walk with Jesus? Is your life bearing the fruit of the Spirit? And our, our goal here, our prayer here, our heart here, our DNA here is to be really purposeful about discipleship, meaning that people continuously take those next steps of faith together. We do that on Sunday mornings and we do that in our small groups. We do that in our men's groups. We do that in our women's groups. We, we constantly encourage one another to take next steps of faith together. And each one of us has that next step to take. For some of us, it's to really accept Jesus for the first time and say, hey, yeah, you know what? I am a sinner and I need Jesus. I need the Savior. I want to commit my life to Him. For some of you, it's, man, I've committed my life to Him, but there's not a whole lot of fruit So that tells me that you're probably not abiding in Him. So let's spend some more time studying. Let's spend some more time praying. Let's spend some more time in worship and community with other believers so that we can truly abide in Christ. And then we'll see our life become more like Him so that we're bearing His fruit. So disciples abide in Jesus. Disciples bear fruit. Number three is this. Disciples never stop growing. Man, disciples never stop growing. And I wish, one day maybe I'll show you, but I have, I have a couple notebooks that I just write in and I say, yeah, so I'm really failing here in this area. I'm not doing really good in this area. This area needs to be a lot better. Yeah, I'm an amazing husband. That couldn't get much better. This is, this is a little down. So there's just a lot of things, right, that I'm constantly trying to just look at and say, hey, I need to... I need to be a better leader. I need to be a better husband. I need to be a better father. I need to be a better pastor. But I don't want that to be what I'm aiming for. I want the aim to be I need to be more like Jesus. And when I become more like Jesus, the fruit begins to bear out. And I become a better leader and a better husband and a better father and a better pastor. 
Not because I'm specifically doing things to get better. It's because I'm consistently trying to get more like Jesus. Because disciples never stop growing. Whenever you think you've made it, man, that's a dangerous place to be. Because we never make it until Jesus comes back. Until we're reunited with God. We constantly have to get better. Ephesians 4, 14 and 15 says this. It says, So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ. So this is Paul writing a letter to a church. And he says, hey, here's, here's what I want you to know, that you don't stay little kids, you don't stay little babies, that you constantly grow into Christ. Because if you don't, then you're tossed each and every way. Because there's people in this world who want to deceive you. There's a prince of darkness who wants to, to kill you and destroy you and lie to you and ruin you. And the closer we get to Jesus, the more of Jesus we get, the easier it is for us to say, hey, I know that I can't fight this battle, but He can, and I'm going to trust that He does. I'm going to trust in the victory that I already have in Him. 1 Timothy 4 puts it like this, have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And this is a this is a training exercise for us. That's what discipleship is. Discipleship is it's just continuously becoming more like him. It's us training ourselves through the power of the Spirit to be more like the Spirit, to be more like Jesus. And some of you, maybe you love exercising. Praise God for you, right? I don't love exercising. Sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. And it's really good, right? We want to be healthy. We want to live a, a long life so we can be there for our kids, whatever it may be, right? We just want to be healthy. Well, man, there's not really much value to that besides just being around. But there's eternal value for being godly. There's eternal consequences. There's people who need you to be more like Jesus. And I'm not trying to put pressure on you. I'm trying to be honest with you and to be real with you. There's people who need you to be the disciple and the follower of Jesus that He's called you to be. We're going to close this morning with this. Because I want you to understand how important it is that we include this rhythm in our life. That we include the rhythm of, of growing and becoming more like Jesus. Man, I, I heard a story... And this is, this is really 
something that, that tugged at me, and I really debated on sharing this or not because I didn't ask permission, so I'm not giving names, right, for this. But there was someone who was who was talking about how they came to, to know Jesus, and they lived, they lived a bad, 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 bad life. They were abused as a kid, physically, emotionally, sexually, any type of way that you can imagine. They grew up with the, the scars of that pain and that abuse. And that pain and that abuse came from a deacon at a church. Someone who's supposed to be a leader at the church. Someone who claims to, to be following after Jesus and to be close to Jesus. So as you can imagine, this, this individual, they wanted nothing to do with church. Nothing to do with God. And they met someone who, who they really had a connection with and they, they just kind of they felt something different with this person. But this person was a Christian. And they just weren't sure that they even wanted to continue on in a relationship with someone who could love a Jesus, who could love a God who would allow something so terrible to happen to a kid. And I want you to, to see the difference between these two so-called Christian people, this deacon, and then this, this Christian that started a relationship with the, with the abused. That because of the love that this person showed, because of the compassion, because of the real stories, because this person was truly following after Jesus and was able to bear the fruit of the Spirit, this abused individual eventually came to know Jesus as Savior. And I say that, and I tell you that story to say, man, I don't care about what anybody says that they do. And we have so many people who claim to be following Jesus, so many people who claim to be abiding in Him, so many people who claim that I go to church every Sunday, I go to small groups every week, man, I'm doing everything I need to do, but their life bears no fruit. They're not following Jesus the way that He's called them to follow. As disciples of Jesus, we should be bearing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And I implore you, I beg you this morning, because there's, there's people who need you to be that. There's people who need you to show them God's love in a practical way. There's people who need to see that there are individuals who claim to be following Jesus who are really following Jesus. There's people's eternity at stake. And this morning, we all have the decision to make to take whatever that next step is for us to take. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.